whether I put this in because <laughs> again too much truth is say, there. say the truth well just uh, the good thing about the truth in this yeah. podcast is like if, if if it causes you a problem it means lots of people are listening so that's, that's true. a good thing that's true <laughs> and if it doesn't it means that no one is listening and you don't yeah. have a problem so you win you win yeah. win So, it's a year later, and we're back. A year after, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is ex- almost exactly a year after the first Werewolves of London podcast. We're Buona. back. Buonasera, Werewolf of London. We are back. This is Ricardo. Hi there. And this is me, I'm Ben Holland. And uh, today, the guest is going to be me. Because uh, this is I, this is a reboot, basically. Yeah, interviewed by the guest of last year. Exactly. Gabriel That's Moreno. Cool. That's I think cool. we're going to do the same setup once a year. and then. But I don't know who... Maybe next year, one of us can interview you next year. So you, well, you're writing songs yourself. You got your guitar. Yeah, I don't have much to say, though, for, oh, for this on. podcast, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what 2020 brings. But, yeah. but what what has gone on? This has been a crazy year. This is why it's taken me so long to get around to doing the second episode. It's yeah. been a bizarre year, Ricardo. Yeah, dance. It's been a bizarre dance. Yeah, dance, dance, dance. Like yeah, quite. Lots oh, of dance. Things. Yeah, this is starting exactly the same time. Yeah. Did. What did I think you said last time? I can't even remember. Uh, alcohol. Uh, We're gonna I give call, him alcohol. Or call them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this year it's the dance and the dance dance and uh, yeah, yeah. So the dance dance. That's what we'll call this one. Yeah. The dance dance with me, Ben Holland. Uh, and Gabriel Moreno yeah. is going to ask me some questions, which I probably have no answers for. We'll see. He's a great talker, so that's why I've got him back yeah. to make up for, for me. And uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. New songs, new things to talk about. Yeah, here, here he is. Right now. That's, that buzz is at the door. That's Gabriel Moreno. I'm just going to answer it. Let's have a look. See if it is him. That's, that's, that's how we do things. The squeaking of a chair. It's still squeaking. We've got the same chair. We've got Mr. Gabriel. Uh, How are you doing, brother? Yeah, not too bad at all. Come in, come in. It's exactly the same. Hi there. Hey. So, we're all in the room. Hi, Brian. How's it going? Good. It's been a year. Yeah, remember? Yeah, it's a year today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in, come in. Just put your guitar anywhere. Just put your... Oh, you brought the guitar, so... I just brought it just in case we wanted to do something together. Well, or whatever. Let's definitely do something together. That's. I didn't even think. But we're rolling right away. So that's safe. Like some editing and stuff. Wonderful. But no, let's definitely have a beer first, though. Yeah, beer, yeah, yeah. beer and a ciggy, no? Yeah, exactly. Right, we're we're in the kitchen now. We're just yes. gonna have a, a pre pre podcast podcast talk or something. We're just gonna have a beer and a talk. Oh, and, uh, first of all, we have to um, toast for a year since we yeah. last did it. Actually, a year to the Cheers. date. Yeah, it's crazy. What a coincidence, no? Who would have known we would have come back to it a year after? It wasn't planned, definitely. No. Same place, same. We've we've spun around the sun exactly once, and we've ended up in the same place. So metaphysically and also tangibly, how was it received the first one? Do you think the uh, of London? I don't know. Was anyone listening? Are the same people who are listening now <laughs> listening again? Hello, guys. Are you out there? Are you still alive? Are you? I hope you are. I hope you liked the first one. And I, I, I feel like this was the maybe the year I've changed the most in my life. 
but I can't tell you how I've changed. I've got no idea. I just feel like a different person in since February 2018. It's so but interesting how those things are, can be captured as well in mm. the podcast because the way we speak, what we speak about, yeah. probably the, the listener will know better than us. Yeah, we've changed. Yeah, are we different people that you're hearing now? I've, I don't know. My accent is still Spanish, so I haven't changed that much. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah. another thing, just just to say something, um, testa di cazzo means dickhead. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that was a punchline that was waiting yeah, here yeah, yeah. to say. Testa di cazzo! What about that story you told me about the wrestler who oh. was um, listening to the podcast? That was a very interesting story. How was the Oh, yeah, oh, well, I hope he's listening to this as well. He's, uh, he's like one. Um, uh, my favorite wrestling podcast uh, called the work of wrestling podcast um, a guy from america and uh, it's a great podcast and and he he now he does it occasionally now but he's one of the main reasons that that i started this podcast because i enjoy his so much i'm a big wrestling fan and it, don't ask me why but it's great listen <laughs> to his podcast for why wrestling's great uh, the work of wrestling podcast um and uh, yeah, we, we got talking online and, and, and he gave me a bit of advice on the podcasting world. And um, uh, yeah, I hope he continues making some episodes. I hope he's listening to this and cheers over the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Cheers, but, mate. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Um, he, he just said it, it, it summed up the, what he thought about the, the English music uh, circuit in London, really, the, 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 song, the songwriters. And, uh, and it gave an insight into that, which that's the reason I want to do this and why I've got you involved for the first two episodes, because, I mean, no one knows the circuit one you do. Well, we've been in it quite a few years now. Yeah, yeah. And um, we want to try and discuss that a bit later on in the program. Yeah. But a lot of things have changed for you in the music business as well. Yeah. With well, this um, new opportunity, no, with... Um, with yeah. the record label, um, I'm with the label. To, we want to talk about that. What's yeah. the name of the label? I'm happily married to uh, to to Nob Music. So, if they're listening to this, and could you tell us a bit about the story because it might be interesting for other singers and writers to understand how it can come about? You no, know, the, yeah. the meeting with a record label or people who are involved in the music industry. Yeah, well, it's um, it's a long story. Like uh, like anything in the music industry seems to be. Uh, it's, lo- it's a lot of chance meetings and, and, and um, if you've got the right song that the right person hears at, at a time then that can lead to something that's why I think there's always there's always a reason to write the next song I think because you you never know how that's going to affect someone or it, it, I always find that strange about when you sit down to write a song who you, who you actually writing it for I mean it, because it's almost a roll of the dice who you end up appealing to. Because, I, I mean, we've all got people who listen to our music consistently on different songs. And it's funny the way you can completely turn someone off with a song and, and then they might never listen to you again because they don't like that song. And then you might write another one that, that's their favorite song that you maybe personally hate, hate yourself and, and you want to put the song in the bin. But there's... I don't. I don't really know. Do you when you write a song? Do you do you picture the audience? Do you picture a person, or is it? Well, you mostly write the song with the hope that it's an improved version of yourself. No, right. every new song is like a dream that you've made something a bit 
or your potential. No, you've made something which kind of like talks about your your new self, the self which might know a bit more about music or about poetry, but it never works out that way because every new song is like uh, starting all over again. It's like facing the black canvas. Yeah. Every every time you start, it's the same with writing a poem or mm. writing a novel. You you are you are shocked at the at the insecurity that the, mm. the possibility of a new song. Um, arises in here, you know? So, yeah. um, obviously you think and you hope that you will reach as many people as possible, mm. but first of all you hope that you reach your potential self, your potential um, yeah. singer-songwriter self which you wanted to, to acquire. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Has, has it happened to you that you've written songs which you thought that perhaps weren't your strongest ones, mm. and then performing them people have really responded well? And you've ended up really liking them. That's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's 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 hard because I, I usually, in almost everything I do, and and maybe this, I put on like you know horses wear blinkers, so to 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 keep their eyes on the road and uh, and and not be uh, 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 rear up at, at the oncoming cars or whatever. They just gotta keep their eyes on the road. So I usually just try to pay no attention to whether if people like a song or if they don't uh, either way I just I just think write the song do it the best I can and then on to the next one and then mm. but has the performance surprised you the the appeal of a song to a, to an audience I mean yeah there's a song I play with with uh, uh, with my band usually I never play it solo because I don't I don't know if I like it uh, called uh, King of Clowns and it's the first song on my second album and my bassist, uh, David, loves the song and he just wants to play it all the time. And I really don't like it at all. So I was surprised by that. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, my, I suppose it, it, it's irrelevant what I think really. If someone likes it, then I'm really glad. But it's difficult because cause if, because uh, there's a temptation to then write that song again yeah. if you've got a good, uh, reception for it, or if someone really likes it, then you you try and think, okay, well, what was Why it in that song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That and doesn't then, really work, does it? I don't know. I don't think so, because then you end up writing the same song, and then you think, well, I've already done that. I want a bastardized version of it. Exactly, <laughs> and it can be worse, and you're almost always. Uh, I don't know. It's very difficult. I try to each song. I try to do a, a, a different a different feel and a different angle. I think. Um, and it's, uh, it, it, it's I, I've never been able to find like a formula or a, or a way. No, there is no formula. No, I don't think so. I mean, they say in poetry, at least they say once you find your formula, you're doomed. Oh, really? Because the formula is basically um, the the lack of bewilderment to yourself. So mm. once you have a formula, you can't surprise yourself. And if you don't surprise yourself, you can't surprise an audience. And if you can't surprise an audience, you can't really do art. No? Yeah. I mean. Obviously, in the mainstream, it's different. There are formulas of how to reach certain genres, a certain kind of audience, but that's not what we're trying to do, is it? No. I mean, no. We'd like to make the money of the mainstream, I would say. <laughs> of course we would. Because for nothing other than paying the rent and uh, continue to feed ourselves and uh, not to disappoint everybody that follows us. Because it's impossible to continue playing music if you don't make money. That's the... That's the the hard truth of it. Definitely. I mean, we could be as idealistic as we wanted about it, really, and and just say, well, we play it, we do it for the art, 
we do, on which we we do, but we can't do it without the money. So it's it's that's another thing that you know, I've just got to put the blinkers on really, because when there is very little money, it's uh, it's hard to think like should I actually be doing this or not. Definitely. It's hard to it's hard to uh, to continue doing really. Well, I think this is probably one of the changes that we will speak about um, compared to what we were talking about last year. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. We've both realized that perhaps uh, yeah. the underground uh, is obviously beautiful and spiritually um, fulfilling, but perhaps there is a definite need to um, monetize it in some way. I'm not talking about yeah. money in the sense of business, but yes, in the terms of survival. Yeah. So uh, I think I've learned that in the last year. I used to be quite um, prophetic about the underground and yeah, yeah, idolizing it, which I still yeah. love the, the yeah. sense of performing in a very alternative scene. But I've realized that I need to make money out of it to, of to continue it, to of course. keep it going. I mean, because you know, in the best of all worlds, we'd we'd just be uh, I don't know. They're just subsidized. I mean, what did they do in the past? They, you had a patron, didn't you, if you were a painter or something, and then someone would, some rich, someone would just go like, well, I like what you're doing. Continue what you're doing. We'll feed you and put a roof over your head. Uh, and then that would be perfect, wouldn't it? But that's not the world we live in. Um, but it seems increasingly a strange world that we're living in now, where, you know, a new story will have a shelf life of about half an hour, it seems. Yeah. They, even if you know, if there was a nuclear bomb dropped tomorrow, I wonder how long they would talk about it before, I don't know, a certain president puts out another ridiculous tweet and then that will that will take the news cycle in a different direction. It's like, it's getting harder and harder to like, collectively focus on something for longer than 15 minutes. It seems. Personally, how do you feel about in the last year your validation as an artist? Do you feel it's um, grown in some way, or do you feel less um, validated by an audience or by um, the otherness? Well, I've done I've done less gigs I think in the last year than I ever have. There's been gigs here and there, but that's something I've always uh, I've always done as many gigs as possible. But I mean, working with the label, it's a good thing. We've been doing promotion on, on, say, a single, my last single for quite a while, for, for a few months now. And then the promotion will be um, like playing a radio station or something, and which is a gig in itself. I'll play on the radio. But then you're not in front of a live audience. And I really, really miss just playing lots of gigs to live audiences because there's nothing better in our profession, I think, than, than and playing to a live audience and getting that face-to-face -face reaction instantly. I mean, that's probably, I mean, personally, that's my favorite part of the job. I think, I don't know, it's, it's hard between that and finishing a song. Because when a song's done, you do feel like, yeah. okay, that's good. That's I can, a great feeling, yeah. yeah, I think so. And especially when you think it's something that's not, not too bad. <laughs> that's, that's the best I can ever think about a song. Is it? If it's not too bad, I'm pleased. Maybe I should set the bar, bar high, higher for myself. But, but not too bad is, uh, is, is it's, something that I aim for. That's a terrible moral. <laughs> go, go shoot for the stars, kids. Well, it depends on your uh, parameters of um, expectation. Mm. 
because obviously if you are like comparing yourself with the greats of singer-songwriting, you know, like um, for, for example, I don't know, Tom Van Sant, mm -hmm. or if you're comparing yourself with Dylan or Cohen, mm -hmm. obviously not too bad is, is a big deal, mm -hmm. you know, because it means that maybe yeah. for you in a table of songs, yours wouldn't be so far behind, you know? Well, behind maybe Wiggle Wiggle by Bob Dylan. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder what he thought about that. Have you ever right? thought of the song you've written um, yeah. is as acceptable as any of the masters? And yeah. don't, don't be falsely okay. humble here. Yeah. Be totally honest. Well, I might edit this out because I don't want it to sound too much. <laughs> no, be possible. a bit arrogant. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think I've done something on a par with Wiggle Wiggle by Bob Dylan. <laughs> so uh, if he's listening, which I hope he is, uh, I, thanks for Wiggle Wiggle. I do like it. That song is not too bad. Don't get me wrong. It's just Bob Dylan's written uh, better songs than Wiggle Definitely. Wiggle. I think. I was wondering if, like, every year we could meet up yeah, 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 and yeah. have a bit of a yeah. Werewolves of London meet up. To well, talk of course. About. It's become a yearly tradition now, yeah. so I mean that's how they start. So yeah. next February, but <laughs> hopefully we'll be doing this uh, sooner. Like, uh, there's plenty, so many people that yeah. that have gladly said that they do it, and then it's just been my fault entirely. Well, things it's happen. Just, you yeah, know, it's been a very busy year for you. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Busy emotionally, busy oh, musically. We can talk. About, talk. We can talk about anything now. I'm probably going to edit most of that. <laughs> no. so, I want to talk about things that would be there in the program. Yeah, I mean, no, no, listeners, no. Yeah. don't let him edit anything. Yeah, that's let fine. Let it all come out. I might do, I might do. The only thing is just, I mean... Do you want to know the truth about Ben Holland? Stay with us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I won't be there for the next next year if, if, if all the truth comes out. <laughs> no, that's, that's purely for dramatic... It's, it, uh, it's a very... Uh, now this is what you were trying to do, I think, not trying to uh, bring out some um, truthful conversation mm -hmm. and trying to like express some thoughts which are not necessarily meant to be heard, but yeah, yeah. for people who are interested in knowing the insights, no. Well, of course, the, the, problem, happening. the problem is I don't know myself. Well, that's why we I, have to ask you. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Well, but yeah, ask away. It's just... Um, like I said, it, it, this 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 year, I feel so much has happened, and and I think like everybody, I don't want it to sound like I'm being too profound about it or anything. But but I've done a lot of self reflection over the last two years, really. Since since I'm since I met you, Ricardo, we, we say maybe it's Ricardo's. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, Ricardo's a, a documentary maker, so you mm. you your career is basically pointing the camera at people and hoping they'll say yeah. something revealing about themselves and then uh, something people can relate to. So we've had uh, hundreds of conversations about, and you've seen, yeah. <laughs> there's been some, it's been interesting as, as hell yeah. the last couple of years, like personally. Um, pretty dense, pretty dense, I was saying before, pretty dense for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know for you, but well, for me, yeah. it's been pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty intense years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well you've had the birth of your first child. The birth of my child, um, obviously, <coughs> the first tours, yeah. and uh, partner, my emotional life, I moving to a new house mm. as well, starting new, new projects, poetically and yeah. musically. And have you seen uh, any major changes in Ben from the outside in the past year since we did Werewolves of London? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, as as he was saying, we you know we we spend lots of time trying to figure out what we are in uh, in different areas of our realities, and uh, you know, uh, love. We we have been pretty challenged 
uh, in love. That's it. Romance. Yeah. And um, also blessed. No? Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Well, yeah. When you yeah. look back, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't trade a day. Uh, I might change certain. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because you know what is sad in the moment can be funny later on. I yeah. think, and and it can, just, make, can help you grow as well. Exactly. And, and change. Yeah. And adapt and reflect. Exactly. I uh, think. Yeah. yeah. What 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 doesn't kill you? Mm. Uh, destroys you. Just yeah, <laughs> entirely cripples you for life. That's what I would say. So, so what, that, what doesn't kill you makes you wish you were dead. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. That's the quote. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That was a bit silly. No, no, no. There we go. No, that's good. No, of course, we believe in growth. Now we believe in development. But yeah. it's true that certain scars you take on, you know, for the rest of your years. And yeah, you might grow, but you grow out of out of pain. No? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And how to cope with it. Yeah, mechanisms to keep yeah yeah yeah, yeah but fresh. I, I guess there's no other way to to grow because yeah. if everything is okay, it's everything it's fine. You're never gonna change because it's everything is fine. Yeah, you can again. You ride the wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was when I, when I um, when I went to I did I played this evening recently. It was one of the first gig I played this year, and it was at the um, uh, Pushkin House. It's this Russian center in uh, near Holborn. And there's a guy there who translates loads of Russian literature, and he read a quote by um, uh, Platonov. I'm going to play a song that I based on a Platonov story at some point tonight, if I can remember the lyrics. We'll see. <laughs> it's a long song, but um, he read a quote by Platonov that I'd never heard before, and it was it's talking about that same kind of subject. And maybe I'll find the quote and try and read it out, but I don't think it was ever published, so I probably can't. And I shouldn't even be mentioning this because I can't remember it to do it any kind of justice. But it was something about um, uh, it was describing this tree and the way uh, that the, um, some some huge stones uh, were in the base of the tree, and the tree had grown around the stones and lifted the stones into its own body and incorporated them and gently lifted them throughout the years. And I didn't really understand what the quote was meaning, but it, but but in the stones were the seeds of the tree's eventual destruction but it cradled them like a child and carried these stones which were like scars on itself and uh, uh, and in, in a quite the way it was written it was quite lovingly uh, worded but it was the stones were like a cancer in the tree anyway and uh, uh, but it lifted them off the floor and and uh, it it was a visual spectacle for for the for the villagers, uh, and and uh, that's probably a very accurate allegory to what we do with art. You know, mm. these painful experiences uh, probably will kill us, but that lift us up to become um, artists and to express things which are more profound and to inspire other people and to have some kind of validation in the world. Yeah. And yet, these same stones are what eventually will. You yeah, know, cripple us for life. Finish you up. But yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful allegory. I really like it. Yeah, I've heard it before. No, no, I might have to steal it for yeah, it's a poem or something. I'll, I'll try and find it. It was a, it was a great quote. I didn't do it justice, but it's yeah. But you got no, it. It worked really well. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Let's okay. crack another beer. Let's drink yeah. another beer. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's another beer. About music. We're still we're still rolling. I hope. That's another good point. You should never work in anything that you can't drink beer to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's my advice to everyone. Yeah, the golden rule. Yeah. <laughs> I think the pilots follow that to the letter. Absolutely. I mean, so. The surgeons <laughs> yeah. before and after. It's easiest. 
Yeah, it's a subject, it doesn't matter. Let's talk about music. <laughs> Basically, uh, how many, what are the songs of this year, you think? What are your favorite songs? Well, I do like that Platanov one, which is uh, uh, Dead Leaves, so I'd like to play that. Um, Every Angel Falls, I think. I don't know if I wrote that last year or maybe just at the year before, but it's not out yet, so technically last year. Was it finished during this last 12 months? Uh, I suppose. I, it was, It was. yeah, basically, it, it It took a while to write, so uh, unlike most of mine, I, I like to finish them in a day usually, and then then I feel like it's it's one thing. I don't yeah, know. I do something similar. Yeah. yeah, you just want to work on it until yeah, it's finished. You finish it off, and then you edit it and edit it. But that's what the I think. main like uh, skeleton is finished during yeah. like when you started. I feel that's what I think because then any time that I start a song and don't get far with it. That's when I never finished the song. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same for you. But yeah, it's very similar. I probably had just two songs that I might have worked on like more than a week, but it's usually on the day. Yeah. 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 You got to get as far as you can in one. Yeah, because it does. If it doesn't push you enough to finish it, it's probably not good enough. That's what I think. Yeah. I I do keep ideas anyway. I keep ideas which are not finished in a mm -hmm. file where I can like listen to them after a year, and if any of them like yeah. feels like should be worked on, uh -huh. I try to work them. But it's very very seldom. Yeah. Yeah. That I actually do. Yeah. What about your technical upbringing? How did it start? The guitar playing, the music influence, um, like in terms of playing it? Yeah, well, basically, I mean, whether I put this in, because <laughs> again, too much truth is. Say, uh, say the truth. Well, just uh, the good thing about the truth in this yeah. podcast is like, if, if, if it causes you a problem, it means lots of people are listening. So that's, that's a good thing. That's true. <laughs> and if it doesn't, it means that no one is listening and you don't yeah. have a problem. So you win. You yeah. win. Well, like, I think about my life. In general, it started by mistake, like a pure accident, really. Um, I, I mean, I was working in London when I first came um, uh, in uh, 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 for a company in the centre, just like a news company. Were you a journalist? Uh, I, no, I was doing some camera work, but it was just a very, I was pressing record on a camera and stop on a camera. It was a very simple thing, really. And um, uh, but at the time, I, I was learning to play as well and uh, um, and I'd always loved to play and I, I was writing songs at the time uh, but then the company went bust and I needed to make a living so I took my guitar outside and uh, I took a little bottle of whiskey with me and uh, and it was cold and uh, I just found a tunnel and started to play and started to busk and uh, and and I was a little bit nervous that's why the whiskey was with me <laughs> Because like, that was the first time I'd ever performed in public, mm -hmm. and yeah, and um, uh, and and then I seemed to get some change, whether it was out of pity or out of uh, delight. Yeah, one or the other, and uh, maybe a bit of both. Uh, but that 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 you know, at first it was maybe making like twenty pounds a day, That's good. and um, that was enough to 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 get by and, and pay the rent. And then I got a, a license for the underground, and um, and and that that put the wage up a bit and um, so and I played countless hours on the underground and, and wrote a lot of my songs under there. Were you playing covers so or playing your ma playing mainly my own my own stuff. So and a lot of the songs I've just written on the underground. So I'd take a pad and a and a pen and just write as I played. And um, uh, so it was like paid practice really. So that was really lucky. And then I pl I played my first gigs Around the same Do you time. Remember your first kick in? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was in it was in Waterloo, and uh, at, at the 
the, what's it called? The Stage Doll. Have you ever played the Stage Doll? No, I played, but I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. Just and just I had a friend who was playing it that day, and he just said, "You got your guitar? I just finished basking." He said, "Come along, come along," and so I went along, and uh, and I played, and that was that was an open mic. And uh, how did it go? Yeah, it was good. It was just like I remember one of my uh, uh, one of my, one of my dad's friends. Just I remember him coming up after I played, and he said, "That was good. You almost." Uh, he almost sang in tune, and then, uh, <laughs> and then so to this day, I'm uh, <laughs> still working on that. But, uh, but yeah, that's that, that's how it began, and then it, it, it sort of snowballed from there. So one gig leads to another, as you know, and you, you, you form relationships with different um, uh, promoters across the place, and your name gets passed around, and then you get offered more gigs, and 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 then I could just about sustain myself, um, and. Mm, that's that's it's so so by accident really. It's yeah. just uh, it, it became my 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 only profession. But I, I didn't really have a design to do that. It was just I was writing songs, but I thought who's going to care about these yeah. songs? But then people seem to like them, and I love to play them. I love to write them. So I just thought, well, if I can sustain myself, if I can make a living. Great, I'll do it. Have you ever had the sensation that the song has been um, from the moment you started it to the moment you finished it, you knew it was going to be one of your best songs? Mm. And what is it? And will you play it? Uh, uh, it uh, no is the answer, though. <laughs> I think I, I, that saves you from playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, to play a few songs, but I mean, I really did like Every Angel Falls, and, and I still like it now. Uh, it's a great feeling, isn't it? Like, yeah. To start something which you already have the hope that it's mm. going to be one of your big ones, no? Big yeah. Ones. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think they're all. I heard a quote from that was uh, Leonard Cohen saying. I think so. You probably heard this yourself. And but he said something like he doesn't really know where he fits in in music. Really, he he always just thought he's got a. A small corner of this garden, and he's tending to his own little flower bed. But it's nothing grand or anything. He's just just working on that that small area, and then uh, and he'll make it the best he can. But it's just a small part of a, a huge garden. Do you um, sometimes compare yourself to your peers, to the people that you know around you, and see where you're at, or, or perhaps not in comparing, mm. comparing in the sense of being better or worse, more mm. like in the terms of like being in a similar creative yeah. yeah I mean like so many of us have got similar influences because the music we play there are there, there are the giants of course there's Bob Dylan and there's Tom Waits and there's uh, Leonard Cohen and, and Tom Van Sant and, and I think all of us that, that play like say the Betsy Trotwood um everybody knows those artists yeah, everybody knows Johnny Mitchell it would be insane to think that seen a songwriter wouldn't need those references and exactly. those big ones yeah 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 yeah. I mean that 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 like some people are more into the sound for example of Neil Young but exactly. they would still consider Leonard Cohen a great singer songwriter yeah. even if they don't like the voice or they don't like the arrangements but they yeah. wouldn't deny that he was a great songwriter exactly can I ask you both yeah. a question do you think it would be better for an artist of any any kind to have these references or not at all I mean, sometimes you, interesting question, yeah. sometimes you you end up, uh, you know, trying to emulate. 
emulate or, or you know catch that you know uh, glory or whatever. I totally agree with you. Uh, it's happened to me a lot in poetry, meeting people who say that they don't read poetry because they don't want to be influenced by yeah. poets. But the problem is that if you don't know these poets, um, because of the morphic resonance, uh, you're most likely to repeat what they've already done. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't know them the most likely thing is that you repeat something, but the problem is if you don't know that you might repeat it to, a, to an extent that is too similar mm -hmm. in a way that you won't be credible at all. At least if you know it, mm -hmm. you can kind of repeat it, but give it your own style no? or your own direction. But if you yeah. don't know it, you might end up just being plagiarizing. Exactly. That's over another point though. I mean, we, at the moment in history, we know so much about, you know, things that happened and we, we have so, so much content of, of you know artists in general from every century from, okay. yeah so you're going to you know cross their line anyway repeat, yeah. so <clears throat> i was thinking maybe not knowing uh their lines or their art you indeed are gonna um repeat, repeat but in a more uh, random way perhaps yeah. Yeah, you're right. But yeah. the problem is that even if we wouldn't want to know them, it's impossible not to yeah. mm. to ignore them. Because when you like music and you listen to a song by Dylan, your ears go like, yeah, what yeah. the hell? Yeah, yeah. Did he actually say that? Yeah, oh yeah, my sure. God, how did he put those words together? Yeah, yeah, sure. And obviously a sensitive artist will want to enjoy that. Yeah. Because um, apart from performing, you need to enjoy the craft yeah, no, yeah. of art. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. Though. Yeah, I think now is both the, the best and easiest time to, to make anything because we've got su uh, such a... The, the wealth of great people that have come before us is like right there. We've got Spotify now, which is like a, a library of music that's almost infinite. And... Uh, so in uh, on the one hand we've got all that all the resources and all, all, all the great work right there and then on the other hand how can you not be dwarfed by that mm. and how can you make your own patch of the garden without treading on somebody else's roses yeah, absolutely mm. i feel that the only way that i've managed to cope with that is through collaboration mm -hmm. because maybe i have a strong influence of one artist but the people i collaborate with have different ones so together we can create something a bit more unique. Agree with that, and that's uh, the only way I've managed yeah. to try and overcome. That that adds chaos mm. to the equation, doesn't yeah. it? Because you add somebody else, and they're coming at it from a different angle th than you. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you're gonna make something unique. Just Personally, I've suffered with that because many people have accused me of like sounding or like being too much like Leonard Cohen, for example. And I think Ben's had the same thing with Bob Dylan. Yeah. But in my mind, uh, mm. I think I was obviously trying to give my take and my vision, but mm -hmm. obviously maybe there are points in your artistic career when you've relied too much on your influences, but the challenge is to overcome that no? and create your own thing. How exactly. do you feel about that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the, we, need, we need a hurdle or we're not even going to try and jump. So, and... What, what better than, than, than all these great people that... Uh, Obviously, it's an absolute compliment if someone says, oh, you sound like Leonard Cohen, you're like, thank you, let me uh, suck your cock. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
So yeah, some people say like to incite a bit of like criticism. No? Yeah, exactly. But I always take it as a compliment. Of have course. you have you been like um, compared to Bob Dylan? Uh, yeah, no, I feel the same same way. I mean, he's obviously a, he's, he is my biggest influence. There's no doubt about it. He's my favorite musician and um, songwriter and pretty much everything. He's my favorite guitar player, even though hardly anyone counts him as one of the great he's guitar players. Guitarist, I think I love him as a guitarist. He's got his own strange style and that's that's what I uh, tried to learn and, and uh, when I was first starting it's gone so I hope it's gone somewhere different because over years you do develop your own we've got our own bone structure which means we I can't do a bar chord properly so I avoid bar chords play differently yeah yeah I play like a half bar chord and, and play the rest with my thumb um, because I just find I, that's easier for me but that's made me sound um, just more like the way I play. Has it changed through the years? Do you get upset by bad gigs still? Or have you learned to kind of cope with the, the voluntary um, rejection? Yeah. yeah, completely. I mean, I think the moment that changed, like the moment I get, never cared about, uh, about a good reception or... I mean, I always wanted to go down well. That's always my aim. And I try to put on as good a show as possible. But if you can't reach people, for whatever reason, you know, maybe everyone's just had a bad day, yeah, and then maybe they're enjoying it, but they're just not showing it. It's not always up to you, definitely. Exactly. So, so that's. But I'll always try and do my best. But the moment I stopped caring about stage fright or too much of a reception was was probably when I was playing in in the tunnels around uh, the South Bank, and one day I'd gone out and there was a street sweeper who I used to see daily as I walk uh, to to the tunnel, and he was just by the edge of the tunnel. And also when I would play in the day, there was, there was this, a tramp guy who would walk past almost without fail every day. And, uh, and he'd often have a piss at one end of the tunnel. And I'd just be like, oh great, you know. And that, that'd be all day, I'd have the wind blowing through the tunnel and the, the smell of his piss and it'd just be like, Ugh. And then one day I was, I was going over and I, I saw this street sweeper just at the, at the, um, the entrance to the tunnel. So I thought, oh, I'll go along and say hello to him. And I was wearing my old, Converse trainers at the time, which had got like I'd worn them through on the sole, so there was a hole right in the bottom of the sole, and uh, and I walked up to him, and then as I was talking to him, I'd realised I stood in a oh, puddle shit. and it was getting wet, and it was obviously a oh, puddle of piss. It's probably that guy's piss, <laughs> and uh, and I was talking to the street sweeper, and I was just like, okay, oh, good. yeah, all right, I'll see you later. And he was like, good luck today, and I was like, thanks a lot. And then and then I played facing this brick wall, hardly anyone coming past the whole day. Probably made a wet sock. Yeah, with a wet sock, squelching away, looking at this brick wall five feet away in front of my face. Hardly anyone coming past. And about three pound fifty. And you know, in that moment, yeah, you know, I'm happy to play in front of uh, however many people you want, however few people you want. I'm happy with whoever's way. listening. Whoever's listening, I'll be happy. But but yeah. that moment, all my nerves died, yeah. <laughs> and all my. Uh, cares about you know you just play your song and hope that people enjoy it what, what can you do I mean nothing more yeah yeah it's just you, you play the song and if it connects with someone then great I've also had the sensation mm -hmm. of like um, apart from playing music I've had the sensation of being on stage and really loving the people that were there mm -hmm. on the audience uh, like a kind of mutual love relationship you know which the music was kind of a vehicle to that you feel like yeah, I just want to stop playing and have a drink with you. Yeah, it's such a yeah. beautiful smile, and yeah. you seem like such an interesting person. And yeah. especially in Germany, there's a place called Ramscheid, which is a very like off the grid industrial village of twenty thousand people. Yeah. 
and every time we play there we have the sensation that these people you know really understand what we're about and we understand them and there has been the, the sensation that we had to do another gig the day before and we even cancelled it to stay with these guys yeah. and drink with them because we formed like a bond you know? and now we're going again this year it's been three years now Oh, wow. and every time we go there it feels like more than music it feels like something yeah, 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 yeah. instinctive and it's a beautiful feeling yeah. yeah because with your friends it's different I've always thought yeah. that gigs for friends is very complex matter you know you can't know what they're feeling no. and they can't really see you as an artist yeah, yeah. they see you as a guy who you've always known who, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. you drink within the bar you know but with new people especially when you have that bond which is purely created through the songs mm. because they don't know who you are they don't know your, your past or your future, but the songs connect, yeah. make like a really important in, intrinsic bond between you. Yeah. And then you feel like um, it's worth it. It's worth all those trouble and all, yeah, that, yeah. all that rejection. And, yeah. And yeah. that's beautiful, yeah. But there's also the sensation that maybe those gigs are just basically um, the fruits and the icing on the cake, but the important gigs are usually when you're rejected. Those yeah. are the gigs that you become an artist, the gigs where people are not really sure about you, but you have to keep on going and you have to give the best of you and no one is listening. Yeah. Those are the gigs that you learn to perform, yeah, to yeah, play yeah. and be strong. No? Yeah. Like you said in the, in the underground yeah. where you're playing to a brick wall, that's what makes you an artist. No? Yeah. Before that, you're someone who likes music, who likes playing. Yeah. But when you go through those situations, you're like, okay, I can't perform, you know? And, and yeah. when the when when the right moment is there, you perform even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even in moments of difficulty, I've seen you and you've seen me as well performing yeah. when you shouldn't even be there. Yeah. When people are like thinking about the yeah, last yeah. thing they're thinking is about your music and your songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you continue, you go for it. Yeah, I, I, that that really because then you practice what's not written in any exact textbook. I don't think like it's how how to engage with people who maybe don't even necessarily want to listen yeah and because you've got to give, give people a reason to listen yeah and uh, because i mean it's it's a like who am i to to take anybody's time at all i think and unless they know you and they've paid for a gig that's different no because yeah when you do a gig that's only ben holland yeah. and you put like 10 pounds on the door anyone who's paying 10 pounds because they were listening to Ben Holland because otherwise you wouldn't yeah. pay 10 pounds mm -hmm. yeah. and then obviously they have paid to listen to yeah. you and you have a responsibility and they have a responsibility to listen to you as well oh yeah but the kind of gigs that mostly we do a lot of gigs yeah. are with gigs in a place like the Lamb yeah. they put you on a stage there are 50, 60, 70, 90 people who've never seen you before mm -hmm. and you're like okay entertain mm -hmm. yeah 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 and maybe some people don't like singer songwriter music some people have never listened to Americana or maybe yeah. some people were expecting a soul band yeah. And then you have to perform. You have to convince them that yeah. it's okay that they are there and that you are there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you manage that, it's like the best it sensation is. ever, I think. Yeah, that's that's hard because I I think what what is it? What's to ask a hard question? What 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 can you what can you give to people? And on your best day, at your best song, what what is it that you want to tell people? What is it you want that you want them to? experience when they see you? For me it's really clear, it's about, I think in the last year I've realized what I really want is like to, and to make people understand that whoever you are, whatever you've done, it's okay to be here at this moment and enjoy being together, you know, and enjoy listening to something which is not basically just music for you to jump around with. It yeah. can be that, yeah. but 
something which connects us as human beings, yeah. not only as an audience member and an artist on a stage. Mm -hmm. My intention, my dream, my mission would be to try and transmit this idea of like, we can be together whoever you are, whoever you voted for, whatever you believe in, we can be together tonight and celebrate humanity, you know? celebrate the idea that we are alive yeah, yeah. and we are together. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have been able to tell you last year, so something's changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's play a song and we'll come back in here. Okay. Don't give us the rainbow. Okay. We're back, we're in Hello, the bed. One, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're working. We're back in the bedroom now. We're still with Ricardo and uh, with Gabriel. I'm going to play a song now, I think. I'm going to play this one. I'm going to play Every Angel Falls. I'm going to edit this. <laughs> I'm going to play this again tomorrow if, uh, <laughs> if I perform it terribly. Or in the next five days. Yeah, exactly. Or the next year, oh, yeah. 2020. We'll see if we all get there. I don't even know. Okay. Spring game crueler than winter The sun went dim through the sky And the birds all choked On a tree of smoke Where the branches reached a mile high Won't you look at the view, my darling? Doesn't it look so calm? You'd have given them an early warning, though they meant to. When his vision starts Not too late He regrets his fate Just like every human heart I never pictured us living to survive inside of a life of crime You were always too forgiving But every angel falls, it just takes time
Seen the fireflies above the river And not the kind we used to know Have it close your eyes See how fireflies Heavy with us wherever we Don't you know I heard you crying In the darkness where you curled In my dreams We're always dying When it's always the end of the I want to ask you both what 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 are the topics to think about today? I mean, what what do you think it would be contemporary to think about to to sing about? One of the songs I'll play in a bit, uh, "Dead Leaves," is 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 written uh, about uh, about a family in in the Second World War, so it's like a historical song. But writing a song about now feels like one of the hardest times, like it's one of the most interesting times in history, but one of the most confusing times, I think. I yeah, know. I agree with you. I think uh, it's a very um, undiscerning time, but at the same time, the only thing that you can do is probably start with yourself, no? Start singing about the things that really matter to you at the moment or are troubling you or that you need art to resolve. And once that it feels comfortable and real, then you can try and extrapolate that to if it can affect anyone else at this time. For example, if uh, narcissism is a problem that, for example, I've been dealing with in terms of being an artist, then perhaps a, a, a society which is obsessed with Facebook and your identity on the screen can also benefit no, from trying to to um, receive some kind of words which are trying to um, battle this idea of like self-obsession and being self-absorbed with your own nature and all about me, 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 me. I try to speak about trying to be generous now, although um, I have to start with myself, you know, singing about something that can affect me. I mean, my grandmother, when I was growing up, I think she basically was gave me the philosophy for the rest of my life, 
breeding and it was just I don't know whether it's right or whether it's but she always just said and whether she was right or wrong to say it she, she just said just just look out really look 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 out of yourself look beyond yourself right yeah yeah just 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 and then you you won't go too wrong because the world's an interesting place if you if you so for better or for worse maybe that's made me less of an introspective person i suppose yeah, exactly. i do believe that art still has a very important place in trying to kind of define people's ideas and philosophies and like social commentary but it's very hard to like pinpoint what that role is because we are part entertainment as well especially people like us who play in venues in bars you no know? but it's true that we are not like mainstream artists who are trying to sell records we're trying to give some kind of reflection on life and on our thoughts so i think it's a very good question yeah. and i think maybe next year we'll have to have better answers <laughs> <laughs> today feels like the hardest time uh or maybe that's just personally speaking maybe i'm just going through writer's block or something no. because i haven't been writing songs in the last um in the last month or, or so the last two few months that's not a lot But in a writer's perspective feels like a long time i know and uh I, no like last four months or something that's a that's long a time long, yeah. yeah it's getting uh i mean i've been i've been doing other things but but um one more direct question do yeah, you yeah. think let's say you and i because we don't know about the world or singers do you think you and i have a relevance politically or socially or are we simply entertainers or let's say you i never really taken a political line i don't think on anything i try to just tell a story in the way i think it's true and i don't think there's anything ideologically driven by anything i've ever done i don't think i could be wrong uh, i'll have to look at, i very rarely look at my work and and take i'm always moving on to the next song but as but far why, as why would you choose for example pushkin no oh yeah there is a oh well that that that's easier to answer uh i just i read that short story and for whatever reason i just thought it was brilliant it was it was uh and i really recommend i'll play the song it's called dead leaves but the is story any social commentary any political i don't think commentary? so I, uh, there was a personal i suppose commentary on it but it's about uh, infidelity in in uh, in the time of the second world war where where um, uh, a soldier is returning from the battlefield and then going back to his wife and during the period of the war his his wife has has um, has been sleeping with another guy um and uh basically to 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 make money to keep feeding the family while he's away and it's not because she was just feeling lust for another person she was that was survival that, yeah yeah and that was a common story uh well well and to me i just I, i i read that story and it was it was very moving it's completely different in the story i recommend people to read the story which is called the return um it's just a short story by uh, platonov and i wrote a song that's it changes the ending completely and the ending was incredible in the short story but i just for some reason i couldn't write the end the way it was done in the short story so it it the meaning has changed if you listen to the song and then and then read the short story you'll see how how they're different but for example this story to me mm-hmm. it has 
a relevance today, no? in the social economical sphere, in yeah. the sense of how we are all hoards for money in a way, right. and how we have to like dehumanize ourselves to survive, you know. Yeah. So in a way, even when we're not thinking that we're making a, a political statement, I think choosing certain subjects is already a political statement. No? I suppose you're not talking about having mansions in in, in tops of forests and uh, and you know and driving limousines yeah, or you know a rap artist who's saying look at the bling you know it's look how cool I am because I have all this well I don't have any gold. bling maybe if I had some <laughs> bling to show off about I'd be all like I always thought you were a political singer songwriter yeah. in a way I don't know I don't know maybe, maybe I'm that's wrong just, I well maybe I was projecting I don't know. no well I, I Maybe I, I just write about things that are, that I think are interesting, and maybe if that falls into if it's politically interesting, then all um, that's that's maybe fine. But I don't think because I do listen to I read a lot politically, and it is something that interests me. But I don't have uh, it's it's always difficult to to say what what your allegiances are politically, especially nowadays, because. Uh, because it's such a polarized world and i think that's that's something as songwriters uh, that's something i'd like to address I, i have no idea to i think it's it's beyond my abilities but we're at the moment going through what seems like uh i think it, this is because of social media as well that it uh, the division is put through a magnifying glass of social media and it's it's made f um far more of an issue It seems like more of an issue than it, than it ever did before, but I think it was always there that division. But now, because we've got such a, a platforms of everybody talking, we, we've got like the collective consciousness is now Twitter. It's now there's a manifest thing that is Twitter or Facebook or, or Instagram. You have this everybody's thoughts just put out there. So if anyone ever believed in the idea of a collective consciousness before, that was like a metaphysical idea. Nowadays, it's there. It's and tangible, it, yeah. Yeah, it's a, and, and that's why I think you have this political tornado going around of, of, of people um, uh, wanting to crucify each other for different points of view, which, uh, you know, in some cases, in some cases, People's ideas can be crazy, but that's what a public sphere is for, they, they, to have that, that, that conversation. But the conversation is getting, by the day, stranger and stranger, I feel. Do you feel uh, singer-songwriters can create a bridge between those the polar views as well? Um, Or in some way and kind of add to a more unifying message? I, I have no idea where my allegiances lie politically now, whereas in the past, maybe 10 years ago... It was clear. It was clear. And then nowadays, it's much more shades of grey in every area. I always think, just just let's take a situation and, 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 and maybe this is idealistic itself, to think we can rationally think about a problem or an issue or, say, some kind of vote in a pub public area and we can we can we can come to some reasonable agreement or or have a reasonable disagreement but nowadays it feels like you know it's it's pitchforks at dawn every single day if, you know if you don't believe a certain thing about a certain issue then you're ostracized by by a certain people or uh, and likewise on both sides of the spectrum yeah I agree. Like, I, and I feel more and more uh Uh, what's the word uh, distant from from the conversation really and more and more I, I don't actually know what I believe about anything 
So maybe that's our job to be present our doubts possibly. I well, I think you should play your song about Pushkin and we'll decide whether it has some political elements. Okay. Yeah? <laughs> fine, 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 fine. Yeah, I'll play Dead Leaves. See the man standing at the station on his way back home from a war. He sees her there through the smoke of his breath, sees her standing alone in the door. She was just a girl, maybe 17, shivering in the winter cold. With hair like the leaves that blew around her feet Auburn dipped in gold And Sister Mary threw those petals high up in the air As we read our wedding vows I will love you for a lifetime at least Forever just as now Cupped his hand around her cigarette She smiled and bowed her head Are you waiting for a train or for someone? She sighed, my someone's dead They talked for hours till his train came They kissed and then they parted dreamed as the tracks took him homeward and listened to the beat of his heart and sister Mary threw those petals high up in the air as we read our wedding vows I will love you for a lifetime at least forever just as now wife came and met him at the station Five long years he'd been away She told him how their children both had grown Neither had very much to say They walked alone by the river She was scared to hold his hand He'd already seen what she'd tried to hide She'd sold her golden wedding band And Sister Mary threw those petals High up in the air As we read our wedding vows I will love you for a lifetime at least Forever just as now told her she was looking older She told him that's what time will do Every day's been a battle since you've been away He laughed, I've had my battles too His children, they met him in the hallway A soldier and a stranger in their home They said I thought our daddy was a baker 
the only man they'd ever known. And Sister Mary threw those petals high up in the air as we read our wedding vows. I will love you for a lifetime at least, forever just as now. My dear, five years is a long time I did some things I didn't want to do But please don't hate me for surviving My children needed clothing and food He flew into a rage and left them shaking And he ran back and boarded the train with that young girl he'd left at the station And hot blood pounding in his veins And Sister Mary threw those petals high up in the air As we read our wedding vow I will love you for a lifetime at least Forever just as now well, The train took him back to the station He stood where he'd stood years before And through the smoke of his cigarette Again he saw her standing in the door now just a little older than seventeen Still shivering in the winter cold With hair like the leaves that blew around her feet Silver where once was gold and They talked for hours till the moon rose And in the twilight they both began to cry and all went quiet in the station And the dead leaves danced across the sky And Sister Mary threw those petals high up in the air As we read our wedding vow I will love you for a lifetime at least Forever I think it's one of my favorite songs that I've heard from you as well and I love the lyrics I love the the sense of being in a kind of trance and like you say in a train a, a repetition of movements and a repetition of images and motions yeah there's a train in the story and that's the the ending that I uh, that I couldn't put in the song uh, but in the story it's it, it's a lot different actually I mean I wrote the song and you know when you write a song you you're taken in a certain path and then um, and you write what is possible to fit into the verses, and 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 I couldn't make the end of the the, the short story fit into the lyrics and into the song, and so I finished it a, a different way. Because in my my story, uh, um, it's it's he, at the beginning the girl he meets at the beginning is eventually his wife, 
that who again he meets her at the station after they've had an argument. You know, it's the same. Uh, it's the same woman. Just years later, that's like twenty years later. Oh, not twenty years. A certain amount of years later, people can make up their mind <laughs> about what it, uh, how it fits. But but in the story, the guy goes back, and I think it's much. It, it's better in the story. Read the story, but it, it, it goes. Um, he goes back to his wife, and and yeah, she's she's. She's been with uh, with another guy and who's been supporting the family through the war period, and uh, and yeah, he's really annoyed. And he does he gets on a train, and uh, and he is going to leave and maybe find the girl that that he find found at the beginning because they're two different people in the short story. Uh, but then he sees across the fields come running running his two kids. Like chasing the, the 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 train down and saying like Dad don't go basically, yeah. and it breaks his heart and he's like, I won't. okay yeah I yeah won't. and it's done in it, it's amazing read the I mean that's a spoiler for the story no it's a beautiful but, idea but, yeah and uh, it's beautiful that the story is adapted through your song and yeah. takes a new ending because at the end of the day you're not mm. trying to translate the exact content of the of the short story yeah. you're trying to make an adaptation to capture the mood yeah 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 more than anything no that's another thing i wanted to talk about is the song sometimes doesn't capture the whole concept of what you want to say but it kind of transfers an emotional mood an emotional intelligence that um, is very difficult to to express in words so that's why when ricardo asked us as well about what concepts we're trying to to transmit it's also the moods you know that we're trying to transmit and mm. and the feelings for example in these songs it's a feeling of like of of the passing of time mm -hmm. of of the reflection of what you've done and what what's coming to you and and of the the um idealistic nature of love and yeah. well and how we all want to participate and that so i think a song can add a lot in terms of mood yeah. and feeling and this one is is a is a joy to to listen to it in this proximity Oh, well, so thanks. Thank you. My pleasure. So Ben, I know like you've gone through a lot of emotional um, journeys in the past year, and there are a lot of things that um, psychologically and emotionally have um, have perhaps um, influenced your writing. Is there any song that you play that has the mood of like love, or the mood of loss, or the mood of longing? Yeah, for I mean, love or I think that just that, that that's. It's something I think as songwriters we've all we're, we're, we always turn to that well-worn theme uh, of missing someone that that, um, that 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 meant a lot to you. Uh, and yeah, I've got I've got a song like that. I've got twenty. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've all we've all that's 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 I, I I'm never guilty about writing a song about that because I think it's the the it's the oldest. It's the oldest song in the book, really, to write a song about you. You, you feel something for someone, and then they've they've gone. It's the most universal kind of like reason no, for expressing artistic. I think so. Kind of um, longing. I personally have realized that I haven't been writing that kind of song in the last year, and I miss it. Ah, because really because and because you're happy and, <laughs> and now you you have a child. But I really need that kind of song. So would yeah. you? Would you? Uh, of course, like I'll, to I'll perform play a kind of song like that for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I've got one called "On the Moonlit Sands," which is which is about missing uh, someone. Um, so I'll play that. Is there any concept also um, behind the? Yeah, well, it's strange. I'll say there's just I'm a, I'm a physics geek at the same time as being a musician so it's sort of also about something called the heat death of the universe so uh which is go, go and look that up 
Yeah, we uh, won't go into that. No, 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 no. no yeah, <laughs> it keeps me awake at night. That kind of thing. Um, but I'll, I'll play this song. It's called "On On the Moonlit Sands." Thanks. When the lights go out And the night is cold And the air is still And all time is old And your fingers reach But there's nothing there And you'd sell your skin Just to touch your hair And you tell yourself You've done nothing wrong All things will go And she's just gone Would it happen the way That you dreamed it would Well they came for you sleeping With a leather hood And they gagged your mouth And they bound your hands And they took you down To the moonlit sands They didn't make you beg They couldn't make you cry But for the way you lived They made you die But they'll live on Only in the shame you made them see For what you meant to them What you mean to me Well you suffered in song And you suffered in rage And you suffered for a reason And you suffered in vain When the lights go out And the night is cold And the air is still And all time is old And your fingers reach But there's nothing there And you'd sell your skin Just to touch your hair So it's the after hours, we're talking in the kitchen, having a little drink, we're talking about... Romance. Yeah. It's near Valentine's Day, so... Oh yeah, Valentine's Day. Oh dear. Oh, I've yeah, got to plan something. Oh yeah, don't be a... Yeah, maybe pizzas at your place? Or yeah, what? Possibly. Okay, what were you going to say? I will not work, I mean, I will not be there uh, Thursday because I'm off, but it is a nice place. Oh, okay, okay, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll sell something for yeah, Valentine's yeah, yeah. Day. But what were you going to say? Anyway, I'm... Um, 
so when I moved here, uh, I came with my with my girlfriend Eloisa, and um, we lived here for a couple of years, and then our ways just split because um, she went back to Italy to work, and I was struggling with the course at the university, so it, it has been a tough time. Um, you know, after two years living with with, with a girl, and then splitting. Um, and there was another girl at the university which I l liked a lot since the beginning. And um, so when Eloisa went to Italy, uh, the um, relationship with this uh, girl at school became more and more important till the point that uh, basically one night we kissed. And then that night, that same night, I didn't, for, for some reason, I didn't have the, maybe the courage or, I don't know, I was scared anyway, uh, to go with her at her place. But then I invited her here. The same night? No, another night. Another night. And, yeah, I prepared, I cooked some, some pasta for her and, you know, we had what we had. And, uh, but, you know, I just felt that that wasn't the, the right person, so I just cut yeah. the thing off. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, I just... And then there was a little bit, you know, I just started back to think about her, but same, it wasn't that, that you know, natural... Feeling. Feeling, yeah. yeah. I if wasn't, it, yeah. Yeah, if it doesn't work straight away... No, Maybe no. it never does. No, maybe I Maybe it never so. does. And maybe I, in my own relationships, maybe I've... That's part of the naivety that I used to hold, that, that I used to think, well, things take time, things take work. But maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe when something, I mean, that, the proof of that in my own life is, is meeting Paku. Because I met her, and then middle of the day, down at a train station a mile away from here, and we basically spent 12 <coughs> hours together, just talking the whole day long. We came back here and we, we talked most of the night long as well. The next day, we talked most of the day long and there hasn't been a weekend that we haven't spent together since then and most of the weekdays. It's been a very strange seven months. I've basically been with Paku almost... Every day. Well, with... I think like the longest we've been apart is about five days, maybe, yeah, when I've gone home to Kala, but it's just been the first time where everything has just... Well, in a way, it's simple, no? it either happens or it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You end up, like, after three weeks, you are now. Yeah. We've been together, we're making love, yeah. no one's talking about other people, other men, other yeah. women. Yeah. You know, other, like, part, you know, it happens or it happens. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly, you talk to a girl and it's a beautiful night, and the next yeah. time she starts with us, another guy that I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, what? Forget that. You know, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, think, I, I mean, mean, things can happen. Like, maybe imagine you meet someone and they have a boyfriend and they're not sure. Yeah, yeah, It yeah, can yeah. take a bit of time, but of it either happens or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't spend your life thinking, oh, maybe I should have tried more. No, you yeah. should have tried nothing. Yeah, exactly. If she wanted you, she would have been with you. Exactly. And you're the same. If you want a girl, you'll call her. Yeah. We're not stupid. Yeah. It's kind of old school in a way. It's like, look, it's me and you. Mm. And if we are comfortable, there's no one else in the equation. Exactly. But nowadays it's like, yeah, you, but maybe there's this one, there's the other. You're like, no, sorry, I'm old school. You are exactly. Me, we're together, we yeah, yeah. enjoy being together. Yeah. Okay, all these people in the equation, I don't see them. Exactly. 
you know, I can't see them. I don't, if I want to be with someone else, I'm with someone else. Exactly. If I want to be with you, I'm with you, it's full stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not such a big deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's simple when it finally works. And then you don't have to find another person's opinion or other person's advice to help you through something because it just, it is what it is. And yeah. It's simple, finally. So, I mean, so the songs have stopped though. What can I write about? Yeah, no, that's the problem for the artist. Now I have the same sensation. I'm writing about a lot of things, but I can't write about my longing for love because it's there. No, I wake up, I go to bed, I have my child, I have my partner, I have, you know, my emotional plenitude. And I'm like, how can I start singing about this girl that I'm going yeah. to meet? Where is this idea? I can't see it. Because that girl's in bed beside yeah. you every so night. So, in a way, it's like. Um, hmm. It's painful as well for for me as an artist because yeah. I'm like, what do I choose, life or arts? No, because yeah, yeah. I could also like choose, okay, you know, fall in love with another girl and go, wow, wow the poetry, yeah, 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 she's yeah. amazing, yeah. and like it probably be a good song, yeah. But what do I have in my life? Pink smoke. Yeah, I don't want pink smoke. I've had pink smoke so many years. I'm 42. Mm-hmm. For 20 years, I was chasing pink smoke. Any girl that was like exotic and didn't love me. Uh, mainly they mainly not me yeah, probably yeah. anorexic <laughs> and probably half transvestite because most of their faces look like men or the girls <laughs> that I love I don't know what <laughs> and I was like uh, in love totally yeah. in love writing poems and songs and all that and then nothing ever happened yeah. they either fucked someone else or they either went somewhere or had depression or something but nothing yeah. ever happened yeah, yeah. I was never in a house with a woman having a good time on a Sunday yeah you know, enjoying a, mm-hmm. a song or enjoying a, a trip together. It's wherever the day goes. It was all a projection of maybe one day, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, well, that, that's... I'm tired, you know? Yeah. I'm too old for that shit. But isn't that the... That's, that's, that's possibly the muse that we're always chasing. Yeah, but what if the real muse is like learning how to write without that, no? without the... You know, the, the farce, really, because it's a farce, it's yeah. not true. I entirely agree. What about if it's learning about to write about truth, no? about love, about connections, about friendship, about yeah. bonds, about yeah. things which are actually there? Maybe all this like romanticism is overrated, I don't know. Because the rest is bullshit. That chasing the impossible dream is definitely bullshit. And I look back at songs where I've written about that longing thing. It's, someone told me once, she said to me, I'm sorry I broke your heart. And then I was like, uh, wait, no, you didn't break my heart. It, to break my heart, uh, my heart has actually never been broken. Even though I've written it in a song, that is a lie. My heart's never been broken. My heart could only be broken if I loved someone, they loved me, and then they died, yeah. or I did something so terrible that they wouldn't That's want true. to be with me anymore. Then that would be true loss, which I've never had which I have had once, and, and, and that's from the death of a person in my family, and that's, that's it, that's heartbreak. That's when you lose something that you truly love. And they loved you back. Yeah, but if you are told by someone, I, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I broke your heart, just because they didn't want to be with you, that's not heartbreak. That's no, just heartbreak like- Heartbreak is stronger. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, look, I'm sorry you don't feel the same way about me, but, but that doesn't break my heart. The only way it could break my heart is if, we were both in love, and then either I should be honest, and instead of saying yeah. break my heart, they should say you broke my ego. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You no, know, your heart is your ego. Exactly. You thought that she should want you, yeah. and suddenly she didn't. And yeah. You're like, 
fuck, that hurts because I thought I was the fucking man. <laughs> I found the dog's bollocks. Yeah. And she doesn't think so. But maybe I am the dog's bollocks, but she doesn't think so. Yeah. You broke my pride. You broke my ego. You didn't break my heart. Exactly. Like you say, to break your heart, you have to have my heart. Exactly. You never had my heart. <laughs> and I never had yours. There's the song. There's the song. That's the song. You never had my heart. I never had yours. I'm lucky because Bex doesn't idolize me in any way, but yeah. she supports me. No, she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do this. This is your mission. This is your life. This yeah, is your. Yeah. I mean that that that's that's the true love. That's the hardest love to write about. It's impossible to write about. Yeah, yeah. yeah because what? It, it's it's really people don't want to hear each other. You say, oh yeah, she really like you know supports me. People like yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. She, the people want to hear like a love story, a yeah. tragic story. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, this. People want drama. Want drama. What's the most controversial song you have? Oh fuck! Well, yeah, November in Paris, because um, uh, because that was about the Paris shootings. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, and uh, and like I started, there was a, well, they're standing in the rainy streets of Paris, uh, for, at the scene of the first crime. No, there's never been a lie like paradise as the rain falls and the bells chime. So I got in shit for that because I'm saying paradise is a lie. I love that line though. And, yeah. There's never been a lie like paradise. It's a beautiful yeah, line. because I think it's the... It's powerful and it's true. Yeah. The biggest lie is like that we're going to live in this kind of like garden. Yeah. You know, we might have another life. We don't know, but it's definitely not going to be like... But but yeah, but that, that's been the myth that has made it countless people either go to their deaths or kill themselves over and... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you forget shit for that. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <coughs> so that, I suppose. But, 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 yeah. Oh, what about yourself? What was the most... I know a controversial song, but I've got this song about Joseline, which is about this I'm man. So beautiful. Yeah, but this talks about this this old man who's yeah. like playing guitar in this uh-huh. market square and no one's listening to him, but he still plays because he believes in art, but he really is a drunkard and alcoholic. Yeah. So I've been playing this for a couple of years and then I went to Germany and I played it. And a German guy came after the song and he said, well, after the gig, and he was like, you know this Hosselin guy? I'm like, yeah, yeah, he never existed, did he? And he said, Hosselin is you, isn't it? And it's your fear of like, just living an alcoholic life and huh. not actually doing what you were meant to do. And I was like, <laughs> boom, you bastard. Ah. <laughs> You're fucking right, no, he got it. Yeah, but he did exist in me. No. What? So he never existed. And I have to confess this to all the public. I've known you for years. Including Ben, who you see. This is the, contro- the controversy of a lie. It was a big lie, also, he never existed. And what? I always say on my gigs, I met this guy in the south of Spain. He used- I've met loads of Hosselins in the sense that I've met guys who played guitar who were drunkards, but he never actually existed. That guy was wow. never Hosselin. Wow, that is you a see? twist. Exactly. And oh that's, my God. That's the controversy. It's like, how much can you lie, you know, and still to yourself? Because for some years, I actually thought he believed because I convinced myself that I met him. I still think he does exist, you know. <laughs> I met different Ocelins, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Pedro and Pablo and uh, Miguel. What about the, the blue pointy shoes? No, the blue pointy shoes are the shoes I always wanted. I wanted blue pointy shoes, Italian fucking tailor-made shoes that people would be like, fuck, I love you. You never had money to pay them because I was too busy spending my money on drink and, you know, fucking around my life and losing any chance of reaching out. I was afraid to reach out, I was afraid to be rejected, so I was just drinking and playing in little bars and wow. in market squares and for friends. Hosselin was I. 
And that German guy actually got it, you know what I mean? And he actually reminded me that I was a farce. Oh my God! Well, that's a that's a that's a bombshell. Yeah. I, 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 don't edit that. That's okay. That's what it is. Man. I mean, I even played it last year. Yeah, I, I said, you played it on this and podcast. And I spoke in this podcast. I spoke about Hossalim. I spoke how I met him. I spoke about Jerez. I spoke about that market square. It was all a lie, a bloody farce. You also played beautiful lies. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what? That's what people want. No, but that's what the, the, the worrying thing, the controversial thing was that. That's what I thought was true. That's worrying. Yeah, yeah. That's delusion. When you believe your own myth, you say it for so long that you actually think it happened. Huh? I thought during some time, you know, when I, I would go on a stage and say, this is the guy I met, and in my mind I'd met him. This man, specifically, Jose Lin, blue pointy shoes, yeah. Spanish guitar. Oh my god. Well, it was just me. That was my favorite song before. I know, and, and I, I think it's <laughs> no, it's it's even more my favorite song. No, you know, it's, I, it's fair, man. It's fair. You know, in I think it's in Hamon Rai, the Bukowski, uh, and he tells a story about how he had to write um, a short story about going to see. I think it was JFK or something, and going to see uh, the president do something. <clears throat> not in the famous. Uh, where was it? in Dallas where he was shot, if it was Dallas, I think it was. But you know, another time when JFK was in a parade or something and, and everyone in the class had to go and, and write their experience of seeing the president come down the street and Bukowski writes some essay about it. Uh, I don't think he quotes the essay in, in the book, but the, but the teacher pulls him back at the end and pull, you know, she'd read part of his uh, essay to the class and said, this, this is writing, this is how to do it. And then she pulled him out at the end and she said, um, you know, I, I pulled you out because uh, because that, that that was some good writing. You did you did it well, but you didn't go to uh, to see the president, did you? And then he just says, I knew at that moment that what people wanted was beautiful lies. Did he say beautiful lies? I think so. He said the actual. I think so. Read the, read, have a look at the book. I might be remembering it wrong, but that's what I think it says. And uh, you know, she was more impressed that he didn't go. I'm more impressed that Hoslin didn't exist. Yeah. Now, that's even more of my favorite song now. But isn't it like mad how we like convince ourselves of what we think we should believe in, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. it works. Yeah. It's it's beautiful and it's also pathetic. No, well, isn't that like, that's, that's acting though. That's when, uh, when, when Al Pacino says, I'm in the dark here, Charlie, you know? He is not in the yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you look at his eyes and the man's blind. You know, he's believing it. That sometimes poetry is so powerful because the fiction is more powerful than the actual truth. In the yeah. sense, like, yeah. if you basically, um, if you put yourself in a mask, mm -hmm. sometimes you say the things that you could have said if you didn't have it. You yeah. know what I mean? The real yeah. things that come out. You know what I mean? Maybe if I hadn't invented this character, Joselina, I couldn't tell people, like, actually, I'm really depressed that I was an alcoholic mm -hmm. and I didn't try better with my poetry and my music. I couldn't say it like that. I mean, even, and even like that, people wouldn't be <coughs> another fucking alcoholic. But maybe the character no, kind of creates a funnel for people to understand this, this yeah. idea of, like, why not? Why don't you actually try to do the best you can? Yeah. Why do you have to hide behind your, your mask of the underground? Yeah. 
of of you know of, of like being rejected by society and stuff like that. It wasn't the truth. Yeah. I wanted validation. Yeah, yeah. But I convinced myself that it was better to be in a market square playing for three people who appreciated your art. You know. That's. It's I complex. Know. I think it's much better that way. Um, I don't know anymore. I well, wish I hadn't met him. <laughs> wow. I'm thinking maybe you did, and maybe after all this. What about maybe Hosseini was? Because he's a. What about the tent in the field? The tent is also a home. The tent is also a home, but the homeless people that I've met and I've been because yeah. I've been moments where I yeah. didn't have a place to yeah. Yeah. to rest my bones. Mm -hmm. Those moments are like uh, yeah, it's very poetical and it's very like beautiful for a song. But yeah. how harsh is it not to have a place to fucking put your your yeah. your head on? You know, a pillow. Yeah. It wasn't healthy. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't healthy. I used to think like at 28, I was yeah. thinking like, well, I play some songs and then I get drunk and then I get fucked and maybe I die, but it's fine because you know we're in the underground and it's all uh, political. Yeah, yeah. It's a healthy one. Well, anyone? Maybe yeah. it was. It made the, it made you the musician and the songwriter that you are now. Maybe it was the the it's you know, the, the road. No, I think whatever. so. But I think back and I'm like, wow, how can you think about that yourself? No, how can you go around the world thinking like that? It's quite sad, uh, really. No? That's that's the delusion of uh, youth, though. I think, and then, and then oh, we learn things along the way. We do, but hopefully, right. if we're practicing during that time, at least I was practicing. That's true. Exactly. I wasn't like totally like you know exploding my life into alcohol. I was always practicing. I was always playing. Uh, exactly. I was writing. And then you've got the songs that are like the diary entries along that time. You know, that's true. They meant something then. They might mean something different now, but. But they exist, so you convince me. <laughs> yes, 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 brother. Okay, we'll pause this now. And we'll finish. Cool. So I, I can't, I can't invite you here and then just get you to do all the work with, 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 with great speeches and questions. So I'm gonna have to ask you if you can play on a song, if you don't mind. That would be lovely. I've yeah. My nylon string. So yeah. let's go for it. Please, please. Uh, I'd like to play Death of a Heart. I think you've heard this sometimes when I when I've played it. Um, but but I think it's something that, that that you can that you can definitely you can play anything. But let's do but it. But please play this. Yeah. I hear the river raging Well, the streets are filled with thieves Not worth saving And my heart now rides a hearse Hoping died of thirst and now it's raining Inside, I wish your face forgotten. Lord, your memory from me is barred from top to bottom. I've been searching for a trip. Somehow spin your silk and a cotton.
Well, I'm weary A civil war is endless And I'm broken down And I'm penniless And I'm friendless If it wasn't for this doubt I found a coward's way out I'd end this Well, shame and humiliation And the distance between the tongues of every nation It's the heart that must be slain To kill a phantom pain of separation Bring me a surgeon or a priest All this hurt will never cease Draw the curtain There's no such thing as peace It's war from west to east That's for certain Love offered no resistance Where the sky's alive with gunfire in the distance And your kiss didn't leave a scratch Tenderness is no match for death's persistence I love you more than ever I could no more change my heart than change the weather This head will always need This heart will always bleed to be together Not a priest All this hurt will never cease Draw the curtain Well, there's no such thing as peace It's a war from west to east That's for certain I hear the river raging And the streets are filled with thieves Not worth saving 
in my heart now right to hers Parthing died of thirst and now it's raining Thank you so much, Gabriel. Thank you so much. Very well played. So that was uh, that was this this year's Where Was of London podcast. I hope we're back soon. Uh, I don't know who we're going to get next, but I'm going to ask someone. But we're in the kitchen now. Um, yeah, was it good? I think it was quite good. You know, quite a relaxing time talking about things in the kitchen. Then playing a few songs, quite quite a good quite a good episode I would say. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, hope to hear more. Yeah, we'll be back um, sometime soon. I, if it's next year, then it's next year. And uh, and you're gonna get one episode a year, yeah. which is actually good. Yeah. A bit fancy, but it's good. It's fancy. Yeah. It's fancy. That's what we're aiming for. So we'll do that. Maybe me and Gabriel will. Interview you next time, Ricardo. Huh? Here comes Andrea. Maybe Andrea will interview. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, 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 long day. Mm. Yeah, very long. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a nice shirt. Andrea comes walking in. He has a flowery shirt. No, no, this is. Uh, <laughs> I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might end on this note. Yeah. It's, it's a long day. Mm. Stress day. Shit day. It's not my year. Ah. No, it's not my year. Maybe. We are in, fi- in February, I understand it's not my year. Yeah, Rick, it was going to be tobacco. 2020. Uh, we, we're gonna see in the 2020. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna see uh, next year, guys. Yeah. I'm, go, I'm going to die. Okay. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>